Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Today's episode is about water and how we can be healed and hydrated by water. On today's episode, we'll be featuring our guest, Gina Bria. She's an anthropologist and founder of the Hydration Foundation, which is recognized as a leading source for hydration science and education. She's also been named a real world scholar and has just been included in the 2020 team of innovators for the Buckminster Fuller Design Science Decade. She's the co-author with Dr. Dana Cohen, MD of Quench, Your Five-Day Plan to Optimal Hydration, which is recommended by the New York Times, Oprah's O Magazine, NPR, and many other media sources, who recognize how she's changing the conversation on hydration, making it easier for us all. And I was recommended to Gina by a previous guest, uh, Dr. Michelle Veneziano, and immediately started reading everything I could about uh, Gina Bria, and uh, she's an excellent TED Talk about hydration and water, which you should all go check out. And I'm super, super excited to dive into this topic because I think a lot of us experience some level of dehydration, whether it's mild or extreme at some point in our lives. So Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. Yasmin, this is going to be such a good conversation. I have so much to offer your listeners on how to be hydrated by water without eight glasses a day. So here we go. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I think everyone's uh, kind of initial assumption about hydration is just to drink more water. And, you know, Mike, even as an example of myself, I, I feel like I drink water all day long. And for some reason, I still find myself mildly dehydrated. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. And Gina, you were first an anthropologist that became interested in water after studying the desert. I think that path is so interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about this path? Well, I was really curious about how desert people hydrated. So I started looking at regions around the world that were desert regions and what each group of people did. And I looked, um, Yasmin, for groups uh, before the industrial age. So what were the original um, ways that people were hydrating uh, and uh, and I found that in each desert region, they were using different strategies, but they all had one thing in common. And it really shocked me. And that is that uh, they were hydrating with water already locked inside of desert plants, like a cactus or aloe. Uh, we're going to talk about chia seeds today. So chia, the chia plant, and uh, tubers uh, under the ground that were dug up. And that what I noticed is, though, is that each of these biological regions, of course, had different kinds of plants, but each of the plants that they were activating for their hydration, and of course, they were more hydrated than we are, <laughs> they, those plants all had a high jelly-like uh, insides to them. You know, so if you think of aloe, uh, you'll get that, that idea immediately. And I wanted to know what's that gel stuff? It's in every one of these different kinds of plants in each of these global regions of desert. And what's that jelly stuff? And to find the answer to that, I had to lay out a lot of tracks, <laughs> but I, I, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, a, a, a polycarbon or, or some, a polymer of some kind of plasma state. And I ended up calling just one person and that was a water scientist at the University of Washington who had done work on gels and um, this gel jelly-like material and uh, called him up, said, you know, I'm a crazy anthropologist. <laughs> this does, doesn't intersect with your bench science uh, biologies in any way, but just can you tell me what that stuff is? Because it's hydrating people really well. And he said, it's water. It's a form of water we haven't really recognized before. It's concentrated water. It's, it's concentrated down to a gel-like state. These intelligent desert plants had already figured out how do we hydrate? Uh, how do they preserve and time-release hydration uh, in a powerful way under these conditions? And I said, that's really important. <laughs> you know, what do you know about hydration? And he's like... 
well, not much. Um, that's not really my interest. And I'm like, well, we have to change that because you, you've got your hands on something super important. And um, I have the indigenous story and you have the science story. So let's put those together in the modern environment we live in, which Yasmin, I'm sorry to tell you, but 100% of us are dehydrated because we live in dehydrating environments that are akin to living in desert spaces. Wow. And Gina, what do you mean by that exactly? Why, why do you say that the spaces that we're living in today are all dehydrating spaces? Is it because most of us are indoors or mm. like, how is it? Is it mimicking the desert? Is it worse than, than desert? Is it worse <laughs> than the desert? <laughs> well, I'm not ready to say worse, but what I'd like to do is just kind of lay a map in your in your listeners' minds around something like percentage hits on our hydration. So if we do live indoors, uh, we are not living in high in humid environments. If we live in uh, environments that have literally drywall around us, uh, carpets and sofas and mattresses. We take uh, dehydrating foods in the, for the most part, our standard diets, our foods, think pizza. It's a very debilitating food in terms of drawing hydration into our lives. Uh, then you add pharmaceuticals to that. So medications uh, require a great deal of hydration to dis dissolve the molecules of those pharmaceuticals. Um, if you think about our travel conditions in cars, uh, in planes, not so much these days, but um, uh, at every point we're diminishing where we get hydration from because we're used to thinking of just getting hydration from guzzling that water. So the natural environment around us is, is we're severed from that. Uh, hanging around trees is very hydrating, um, but the real tipping point was the beginning of the use of electronic devices. So yes, our cell phones and our computers uh, send out electromagnetic signals which interfere with the water molecule's ability to deliver the level of hydration that we would need in an in a environment like the one we're living in. Wow. And then you add sitting on top of that. And so if you think of yourself as a beautiful garden hose and you kink it at the knees and you kink it at your back and you, you lean your head over your desk, uh, you are really um, now functionally interfering with water flow um, through your system. So mobility, immobility turns out to be a big, big hydration hit. And of course, when you talk to people about hydration, they're not thinking of any of those things. They're just thinking about getting the water in. So the conversation I'm hoping we're going to get to pursue is how do we add through our daily life all these luscious new ways to think about hydration that allow us to become and to be fluid, dynamic, living systems that we actually are. Mm, wow. Gina, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, I didn't even think about the last piece for sure. I mean, the mobility piece of sitting all day and what that, how the water can actually move from one part of the body to the next when we're in this mm -hmm. kind of constricted um, form for most most yeah. of our day, at least the you know folks in the corporate world. Um, so, Gina, can we start at the basics for those who? maybe just don't really understand what water is exactly. Cause I, I want to actually build on that. You know, we're going to talk about structured water and non-structured water and how that also impacts hydration. So I'd like to just kick it off and maybe define water. Um, it's something that I think people oftentimes perceive to be similar to air. Um, you know, it's, it's available. They don't really think anything of it unless it's not there. Um, so yeah, I'm curious if you could maybe just explain to our audience, how do you define water? Well, water is both matter. It's a, it's material, it's a material object like vapor and liquid and ice. And then I wanted you to remember there's a gel form of water, uh, and that, uh, it's a, it's in a material form, but water also has other properties that are, is equally important uh, because water's multi-dimensional um, definition here is it's matter, it's material, it's also energetic, it's energy, it's literally fuel, it is the fuel that our body runs on, 
And water is also, and this is really the new frontier of water science, water is also information. It delivers information through two properties in our body. One is chemical and the other is electrochemical or electromagnetic. And this is really exciting news. So water is matter, it's energy, and it's information. And we're really not exploiting all of the capacities of water that it naturally has, in part because the water we use out of our tap and out of the bottles are is water that's been compromised. It's lost its... Um, electrical properties through staleness, through sitting around, through exposure to chemical treatment, like our water treatment uh, facilities, uh, and even the delivery in pipe, which pressures the water molecules such that they lose their organization. They lose their um, their molecular uh, connections and organization. We sort of bl- blast it all over the place. <laughs> and as a result, we are... Um, ingesting mostly as our form of hydration water molecules that have already diminished in their natural function for us and even our agriculture. And I hope we'll get to that conversation too about how we're irrigating all our crops with this broken water and what would happen if we just use some of the simple uh, both indigenous techniques and now new science innovations to get back to water that holds all of these beautiful properties. Wow. Gina, I have so many questions after that. (laughs) I want to talk about, you mentioned briefly that water has memory um, and what that means for us when we ingest it. And I also want to talk about how we can have access to this more, this like maybe pure uh, state of water. Um, Yeah. Like, do you have any references for before we dive in or do you want to maybe talk about the memory piece first? Well, let's talk about um, access to water, for one, based on my research with the desert people and realizing they were hydrating through food, through these plants and tubers, uh, seeds, um, and some other methods that will open a little bit later in the conversation around exposure to sunlight, um, of humid environments that have, you know, vapors, so our life with plants and breathing, is a huge hydration act. And um, let's just stick with the food conversation now because hydrating with food means that we are getting the uh, electrical, chemical uh, properties that food carries through photosynthesis. The water contained in an apple, for example, it wasn't just desert plants that do this magical transformation of water but all plants are doing this. This was very exciting for me to find out because I thought, oh no, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to tell everybody to eat cactus. This is never gonna work. It is not a widespread message. You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna have a big audience for that. <laughs> but when I went to this scientist, Dr. Gerald Pollack at the University of Washington, and he said, no, every plant, every plant cell contains this electrified water. It's because the water, the plants are growing in soils with minerals. They're pulling up that mineral charge and they're taking the energy from the sun and they're transferring all that into this gel-like state of water. The water inside of all plants is already in this gel state. So when we eat a high plant diet, for I'm just going to give you a shocking statistic, a uh, 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 a lettuce leaf, a, a leafy green is 96% water. Wow. You're getting water packaged the way in the water bottle that, you know, a pear or an apple. These, this is nature's package for how hydration should be coming in um, into our systems with the nutrients ready to be dissolved by the water that's right there. They're already in symbiosis. They're already in a conversation and so a high plant diet means that you are, um, you are getting a very high quality water by what if we shift out of getting all our hydration through liquid alone and understand that that juicy apple, that gorgeous melon, you know, a beautiful avocado, uh, those leafy greens, uh, a cucumber, all of these uh, fruits and vegetables and leafy greens 
are a supreme source of hydration already um, set up to dissolve and release nutrients right into our system. That's a very different pathway for thinking about, oh, I'm not going to go guzzle yet another bottle of water. I'm going to go grab an apple. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, definitely kind of um, new information. Because um, I always assumed that it was just the, you know, things like clementines or oranges that had a lot of water in them. Um, but I didn't really make that association with all the other plants and fruit. So super interesting. And can you talk a little bit more about um, what water does in our bodies? I think a lot of people probably are, you know, have a little bit of a a gray area around what that means. Like what does water actually do in our body besides like, you know, elimination? Is there, is there anything else that your research has um, shown with how water kind of um, communicates within our body? Right. So um, uh, this is some really fascinating new science. But first I'm going to sort of go over the basics and the basics are water is moistening. So great. Love that. Water is also uh, the method by which all um, waste materials in our body is carried out. So not only chemicals that are coming into our system, but our body makes waste materials that it uses up and needs to eliminate. And then the, uh, the, the, the actuality that water is also this um, uh, information transfer system that helps cells to communicate with each other. So water's like the electrical conduit for cells to signal back and forth. What are we doing now? What are we doing next? Who needs repair? <laughs> Who needs to get out of here? You know, what, what are we doing? <laughs> That's all based on the water molecules being able to conduct that information. Uh, and so when we're low on water, we're low on our signaling, our signaling capacities. And that signaling capacity is driving the function of our whole system. So instead of getting clear communication from cell to cell, they get staticky information and they're, and they're not, it's not so clear. Um, cell formation uh, making beautiful cells. All of this depends and is run on the fuel of water and the conductivity of that information. So moistening is like the, the first thing it does, but then it's doing all these other things. So if you now kind of shift from thinking about the function of water to where it's taking place, what systems in our body need water to run, and you, then you just start going through the list, like right, like our blood, all our blood, all our lymph, our entire lymph system is run on water. Um, our, our brain, of course, our synovial fluids, all our joints, um, even our lungs are, I think they're 80% water and they do this transduction with vapor that comes in through our breathing. Amazing things are happening. And, um, and there isn't a system in the body that our eyes, think of our eye sockets, our capacity to see clearly depends on the precision of the level of hydration in our eye socket. It's literally the aperture. The water is, whether it's full or whether it's diminished, uh, makes our ability to see well. Our ability to hear well depends on that tiny hair villa being uh, fully hydrated itself and receptive to those electrochemical signals that are coming in. So there isn't anywhere we can go <laughs> without water. <laughs> we are we are water beings and once we realize that we're far more water than we think, then we begin to step into the the role of ourselves as living water beings which need to move through a day and move through conditions and so we become alert to our need for water. And then getting back to that prescription of eight glasses a day where you're just supposed to somehow chug that in and something magical happens and start switching into the idea of, oh, I need to eat uh, foods that already come in this gel form so my body doesn't have to go and do that work with the liquid and transfer it into gel. Oh, I need to move and I need to, um, and by moving, I mean, you know, literally head nods and wiggling. And we did a fantastic um uh, study uh, uh, report on a study in our book Quench on uh, women who fidget in the United 
Kingdom. I think they did um, 36,000 women who fidgeted versus, or they in the study, they looked at who fidgeted and who didn't. And people who <laughs> fidgeted had like a mortality rate that was diminished by, I don't remember what the figure was, but it was over 25%. It was huge. Oh my gosh. And so now we can say, oh, if I just get up and walk around while I'm on the phone, that's a way to hydrate. That's a way to, to, um, to spend the water within me in, in, in good ways. And uh, if I get out and get that sunlight, and that sunlight is um, itself a form of turning the water inside of us into this gel structure, um, those, are, those are new ways to think about uh, hydration that get you away from just that having to guzzle eight glasses. So interesting. Uh, Gina, so you kind of uh, mentioned some of the things that we could do to be healed by water and to become more hydrated. So eating more fruits and plants and things like chia seeds are great. Um, mobility, so walking around. Are there any other things that we can do? And maybe we could talk specifically about what would you tell our audience to incorporate into their diet kind of right away? Maybe there's like some, you know, fruits or plants um, that are more hydrating than others. What would you tell someone who's trying to incorporate some of this into their life? And yeah, so any other things that we can do to heal by water? Mm -hmm. And I love, yeah. (laughs) I love talking about this. One of the one of the easiest ways to get water back into this state uh, of electrical conduction is to throw a pinch of sea salt in your water bottle hmm. or your glass. So, um, if I can kind of say one thing, one immediate thing is don't ever drink a naked glass of water again. Always do something to it. Either throw in a pinch of salt or now that you know how much, uh, how important plant material is to activating water, a tea bag, um, mixing in a uh, squeeze of lemon, uh, uh, throw a celery stick in your glass and swirl it around and, um, and nosh on that. Um you know, a, a, a cap full of apple cider vinegar, raw apple cider vinegar, uh, a splash of kombucha. Um, all of these things are going to change the electrical function of that water uh, that's been diminished, that's been lost. And these are really e- easy, easy tricks to just activate in your life without even having to, you know, move to um, some of the devices we can talk about that do help. Uh, uh, water regain its electrical function. So um, we'll get to that conversation in a minute, but um, also saunas. Um, The heat in saunas, or if you use infrared saunas, they also uh, draw electrical charge into the uh, water inside of you and help um, basically help grow water, if you could think about it. They uh, They help make the water inside of you much more efficient. In fact, just that sprinkle of salt. I'm not asking you to get salty water, drink salty water. I'm asking you to just put a pinch in so that you notice with your own self, your own taste, that you can see a silkiness to the water. Um, That itself alone will really begin to help uh, change. And we have a great study out of the, um, I think it's the Journal of Sports Physiology, where they did that exact thing. They actually gave marathoners a pinch of salt in their water versus marathoners who weren't using the salt. And the at the end of those marathons, the ones who used tiny bit of salt in their water had, were more hydrated at the end of their run. Uh, and their the amount of liquid they needed to consume came down uh, by one to two-thirds. So I'm helping you get more hydrated without having to drink so much because you've changed the function of water, which is electrical, energetic, and information delivery. So, Jasmine, this is big news. (laughs) (laughs) This is really great. I'm so excited to start incorporating that in in drinking water going forward because I 
frankly, I like the the term that you use, naked water. I think I've been drinking <laughs> naked water most of my life. Um, and the, you mentioned sea salt. Um, so table salt is not going to do the trick. It has to be something like sea salt. I think in the uh, uh, Journal of Sports Physiology, I don't think they, I think they just use some, you know, crapo sodium. But um, I really encourage you, encourage you to uh, just get a nice bag of sea salt or uh, salts that come from these desert um seas that have dried up, you know, there's a company called Redmond Salt. They make, they uh, harvest their salt from the desert in Utah. These are highly charged salts with trace minerals beautifully set up to electrify that water. It's literally like a battery. It's, it's getting coppers and irons and magnesiums and all um, silica, all of these um, trace minerals that are in those salts uh, literally act like, um, you know, an ever ready and they change what's going on in the water molecules. The water molecules start, um, getting closer to each other because of their, they're sharing their electrons. And once that starts to happen, that water becomes charged and it's far more efficient at hydrating us. So, um, yes, I recommend sea salts or desert salts. They're great, but Hey, start where you can and see if you notice it makes a difference. This is gentle advice. This isn't shake my finger at you and say, you have to do it this way. (laughs) This is like, holy cow, eat an apple in the afternoon when you notice your three o'clock, um, you know, bio dip and, and pay attention, you know, does, wow, did you get back to five o'clock with some modicum of, of cognitive height and mood improvement? Um, you know, try to drink a half a cup of water before you go to sleep or a nice, beautiful chamomile tea. Um, not enough that it's going to wake you up to pee, but enough that it's going to help your brain, your whole system do its sanitation at night, which is when during sleep, your brain gets rid of all of its um, waste. And often it can't do that because there's not enough water washing through the brain cells. So at every point, we um, have to rethink how we think and talk about hydration, how we experience ourselves as dynamic fluid beings, which have all sorts of possibilities once that water level comes up to an optimal rate. And Gina, can we um, talk a little bit about structured water and non-structured water? Yeah. So the non-structured water is the water that uh, is coming out of your tap. <laughs> and by non-structured, let's just call it um, disorganized because of the, at those things I've mentioned when it goes through chemical treatment plants, when it's shoved through pipes. Um, these, these delivery systems and modes that we've done to try to purify water, in the name of purifying water, we've diminished its voltage, its capacity to actually give us what we need. And that's what we're trying to get back to. So you want purified water, but then you need to have this additional step where you recover the electrical charge of water and or restructuring of the water molecules so they get closer to each other. So, the, you know, nobody wants to use the word structured water. Like, can't we find a better, like just natural water? <laughs> but this is how it ended up in the public conversation. So this is how we, I try to help people understand what structured water is. It's water that hasn't been broken up by the way we, we treat water in our culture. And, um, and we did that as an attempt to get out of the contamination issues. Uh, but we went too far. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to call water back into its natural state so it can do all the work that it's, it's meant to do. Wonderful. Gina, how do you tell when someone is dehydrated? Um, it seems like you'd mentioned that almost all of us are at least mildly dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, or somewhere in your day, somewhere in your day, you're going to get dehydrated. So you want to pay attention that you don't want to say I'm a dehydrated person, you know, or like I have a dehydration problem. You want to recognize that there's an ebb and flow to your hydration levels throughout the day and just pay attention to that so that you can know exactly how to recover. Because uh, you are going to get a three o'clock bio dip. Who wouldn't be out of water by three o'clock in the afternoon? You know, it's like this isn't a big surprise. 
Um, I don't sleep well because my body doesn't want to shut down because um, I haven't released the chemical. I haven't been able to make the molecular release chemicals to help me sleep well because I don't have enough hydration in there. You know, so if we think of ourselves as water beans that need replenishment as we move about our day, I think it will really help us. And dehydration is going to show up in your life mostly through fatigue. You're going to hit those points in the day where you're just done or crashed, or you notice you're getting cranky. <laughs> you know, you're just like, if I always say, if you're cranky, you're dehydrated, you know, <laughs> go, get, go get a beautiful <laughs> cup of tea or something. Um, uh, if you notice that you're, um, so I'm trying to give you the subtle uh, cues versus the chronic, the kind of, you know, land you in the hospital version, because I want to get you to pay attention to that before we have to be hospitalized for, you know, a dehydration crisis. Um, if you are feel fluid, your joints don't ache or creak. Um, just the brightness of being. And if you aren't feeling really fluid and well, uh, I mean, if you hit points in your body that are hard to, like you can't turn your neck at a certain place, even getting a little hydration is going to give you way more fluidity. So those are the kind of things you really want to just kind of spot. Just give yourself a little bit more awareness. Um, think of yourself as an octopus. <laughs> if you can't quite get your tentacle all the way out there, it's slow. It's, <laughs> it feels heavy and sluggish. Um, you just need replenishment. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. I think that this will help many, many people because um, it also seems like easy to incorporate too. It's not, you mm -hmm. know, it's not difficult. It's not going to take, take much out of our day. Um, and it will obviously, you know, add a lot of rewards and, um, and help us with things like cognition and mobility and, um, focus. I, I imagine emotional stability, all these these great, um, you know, kind of spectrum of, of things that we can, we can increase with our hydrated body. And it reminds me of the, this book, um, I didn't read, but I heard about, cause I thought it had such a fantastic title. It said, you're not tired, you're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Well, we wrote, we wrote Quench in honor of that book. And in an attempt to update all the new science that's come in since then, and then to give specific recipes. So I think we did over 50 recipes of really super hydrating food, all, you know, foods like fruits and vegetables. I mean, just think of what a mushroom is. A mushroom is basically a, a sponge, you know, it's, it's set, it's ready to give you everything it's got, including all the information that's coming up from the ground and the mycelium that a mushroom would hold and you're ingesting that, that's all passing to you. So the conversation around water memory, I tend to shy away from it a little bit because there's been a lot of controversy and um, uh, uh, around calling it memory, it, make, it makes it sound, I, I try to make it sound more scientific by just saying, let's call it information. And we all know that water is transmitting information that, that we can, we can nail in the science. So the information from that mushroom, from that pear, from the gorgeous cherry tomatoes that you're making in a gorgeous salad with, um, you know, uh, avocado and some, uh, vinegar and oil dressing. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just super hydrating at that point. The do the plants have to be um, live? Uh, can they be cooked, or does that take away yeah. the? Yeah. So, um, you know, if you saute vegetables, of course, you're going to lose some of that hydration. You can actually watch it, you know, steam out of the pan, but you're still getting like, we're talking a drop of percentage from 96% to 84. Like who cares? Just get the stuff in you. you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this okay. is very forgiving. You know, we're not going to be, all right, it's time for a raw, uh, a raw food diet. And no, we're really, really it's taking you wherever you're at. And sending you to the next step of hydration so that you find for yourself, wow, that really made me feel better. You know, I just thought of a, I'd like to share one of my routines um, that I find very helpful, uh, uh, which is when I wake up in the morning, I don't get out of bed right away. I take a minute to um, feel 
uh, the warmth along my spine. You know, I've been beautifully warmed up uh, through sleep at night in a bed. I'm lucky us, right? There's so many people in the world that are really struggling now, refugees and so forth. Say a prayer for all of us, please. But in my beautiful warm bed, I simply drop my chin to my chest right there on my pillow. I just lower my chin so it hits my chest, and then I raise my head back up. And that act, if you think about it, is um, using your head as a primer pump for flushing your synovial canal. You're squeezing down the night waste through your synovial cloud out to your lymph system, helping carry it out. And then when you raise your head back up, you're, you're sucking in brand new water from your fre- fresh water from your tissues. And this alone is going to help you get rid of waste in your body, use your fluid dynamic body in a sensible way. And it's so simple. It's just, it could be easier. And uh, do we have to hold it for a certain period of time or is it just a couple seconds? Just a couple seconds. Literally, I might do one or two or three pumps of my head. That's it. Then I get out of bed. I like to um, alert people to spinal awareness, like to become aware that that's a canal back there. (laughs) 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 That's your main water river. (laughs) It informs all the rest of your entire nervous system, your fascial system. I hope we'll get to talk about fashion a bit. Um, but you just that, um, that slouch, you know, you're flushing out that one river in your body, just being aware of that. And then maybe when you move through the day, a couple times, you might repeat that pump or you just, um, wiggle your shoulder blades so that you feel you're getting movement, fluid, dynamic movement through your spine. This is, uh, this will increase your longevity right there and your brain brightness you know, it's going to change the trajectory of your aging to live and act this way. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I will, I'm so excited. I'm going to definitely try that neck technique. I just (laughs) tried it right now. Felt quite nice. Um, and Gina, since we mentioned fascia, I'd love to dive into that as a next topic. I mean, frankly, I think for most people who are not studying this or, you know, studying the human body or in the medical profession um, or even nutritionists, I think fascia is a word that most people haven't heard of. Um, and I'd love for you to define it and maybe talk about uh, mm-hmm. why water is so important in this, in the, this process. Right. So the reason you haven't heard of fascia is because we were we were completely unaware that there was a secret hidden irrigation system in our bodies. And when anatomists would dissect the body, of course, they were dehydrated by then. So all this fine webbing, this connective tissue that uh, surrounds every organ that um, becomes so it's like spider web. So if you if you think how a spider web can just be blown away you know, with the puff of your breath, Um, it's that ephemeral and it's inside of us and it actually looks like spider webbing. So um, it can become denser or more um, gossamer, but it's around everything. And now the new research is showing that because we have the ability to look at it now in a way that we didn't because we can put cameras under the skin it actually, the fine, incredibly refined lines of that web go right into the cell membrane. And it is the, um, it's this connective tissue, this fascia is the hidden irrigation system we didn't know was how water got distributed right down to the cellular level. And of course, then I'm reminding you that water is also energy. (laughs) It's fuel. (laughs) And then it's also information. So it's the fascial system, which is delivering all of that information. And a a quick way to think about it is that we have an inner mycelium or all that kind of mushroom-like growth underneath the soils that looks like the internet. And and then you can, then you begin to understand, wait a minute, I get it now how water delivers information. It's a digital transfer. (laughs) So now I brought us completely to the frontier of water science and, and the many um, people in computing who are trying to figure out quantum computing recognize that the water molecule is more uh, capable of holding information and storing information than silica is or silicon is. And so 
people in the quantum world and computing world are chasing the water molecules, trying to figure out how do they do that? They're so smart. <laughs> how do we make a quantum computer out of water molecules or modeled on water molecules? And I'm, I like just kind of slap my forehead because I'm like, look, we're already walking water computers. <laughs> <laughs> how do we activate that in our life and become, you know, really high wired, high functioning, high thinking, high perceiving creatures you know, dynamic, fluid, and full of fun. <laughs> way better, <laughs> way better than the high levels of anxiety that we're living with. Oh yeah. It sounds way more fun to be fluid and uh, mobile. And uh, Gina, I loved what you shared with us, the tip that you have as a kind of a morning ritual. Um, I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you have maybe another mobility tip that you could share with our audience. Oh, you're just going to laugh. <laughs> so um, I have, um, you know, we have Spotify and Pandora. And um, throughout my day, I will uh, put on a piece of music for two minutes, three minutes, um, and just wiggle, move around, dance. Nice. And these have become extremely important to my creative life, to my writing life to my presenting life. I, I danced right before I got on this call with you because um, I know what's happening when I, when I uh, wiggle and move and dance, raise my hands over my head, just getting my arms up, my elbows near my ears. That means if you think about where the lymph nodes are in the body, our major pooling source is right under our armpits. And when you put your elbow near your ear and get your arm up there, you've just activated a whole nother drainage and important system for moving water around your body, getting waste out and shifting information. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to put my hands above my head right now. <laughs> oh, so fun. Okay. Well, that's also, I think, a two, three minute dance party before every big conversation. That sounds fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> See how much more fun it is to hydrate this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds a lot better than sitting down. <laughs> um, Gina, where did you learn your philosophy from? Uh, you talked to us a little bit about um, your anthropology background and the, the study that you did in the desert. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what, what brought you onto this journey? And also, how did you meet your co-author, uh, Dr. Oh, great. Yeah. Dana Dr. Cohen. Cohen. Mm -hmm. Dana Cohen. Yeah. Dana Cohen. I'm going to tell you a funny story about that. Um, so the, the philosophy comes from a longing, a, a profound longing to be, uh, to receive other living things, to be in nature and when I look at other cultures and how they were at one, I, w I wanted to know as a modern woman and, of course, university stuck in, you know, I'm in the basement of the library, right? Like, how do I do it? How do I kiss the trees and uh, absorb the sky and receive the air? So everything I'm doing is really trying to be a part of a living system as a living system myself. And not be cut off from that because really, you know, Mother Earth really is our mother. And uh, water is how she distributes mm. her information, how she makes living things, how she calls us into a higher realm of uh, consciousness, of being. And I just want that so deeply. So I'm always trying to catch those threads and follow them out. What, and sharing this, that's a difficult thing. Um, you know, I can't impose my longing on other people. Um, I can try to call them into it. And as an anthropologist, you know, it's such an obscure field. Come on. <laughs> in, in fact, when I told my mother I was going to study anthropology, she thought that was the study of hands. She wasn't sure what it was. She was like, what? What are you studying? <laughs> it's, and I, I just knew nobody was really going to listen to, you know, an anthropologist talking about desert communities. So I knew that if I was able to get into the, uh, into the medical community and help these doctors understand the role of hydration in healing and health 
and vibrancy and next level living and longevity, all these things is contact with nature through its most um, explicitly effective medium, water. Uh, so I went, um, someone, you know, I, this was when I was living in New York. I'm in San Francisco now. Um, I, you know how that happens that you, you, someone tells you, you have to meet somebody and then somebody else tells you you have to meet the same person. And then when you hear it the third time, you're like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what happened with Dr. Dana Cohen. And so I called up her office and I said, look, I really think I, I wouldn't, would you mind giving me like a half an hour just to come in and talk to her? Um, I'd like to share some information. So, um, thankfully they did that and I had my day and I dressed all up for it. And I went into her office in midtown Manhattan and (laughs) she sat at her desk in her white coat, kind of looked at me like, so, and so I started telling her about hydration and water and the whole time that I'm sitting there, I did not know that she thought I was trying to sell her water filters (laughs) and she, she was waiting for the pitch. (laughs) Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like seeing her get more and more, like I could see the eyes start to roll and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> um, and somehow I said something like anthropology and she was like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I'm, I'm, ta- I'm telling you about my research from the desert and also this brand new breakthrough science where we've just discovered that there's a stage of water that's in gel-like form that can, that is how the human is really hydrated. And she literally leaned over the desk and said, let's write a book. Oh, amazing. (laughs) It was an exquisite moment in my life because she has now been able to carry this message into the medical community. And that's been a vibrant, extraordinary experience of helping doctors find out that hydration can be their first intervention. And um, now that I'm saying this, I realize I have something I really need to share with your audience, which, which is in the spring of this year, we released a hydration summit with interviews with 30 physicians and scientists on the new thinking around water. And that's on my website for free. So anybody can go and hear all sorts of conversations. So that's at, um, of course, as the founder of the Hydration Foundation, this was exactly what I was hoping could happen, is that we could become a source of trusted information on new ways to hydrate. So the hydrationfoundation.org, we're a nonprofit you can just type that in and look for the summit, the Hydration Solution Summit, and all of these interviews where we've left it available as a public service, especially through the pandemic, because your entire immune system is, of course, run on hydration. So, mm, yeah, so glad to share that. Yes, yes. But we'll also include that in the show notes. Um, right. Gina, before I have a couple more questions, but... Um, before I move into them, I actually want to go back to something you brought up earlier, which is around irrigation. Um, what have you seen as a way um, that farmers could maybe use a better uh, irrigation systems so that we can get to m- more high quality structured water? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you study? I can't remember if, if it oh, is. Oh, this is my dream project. So here's, <laughs> okay. here's what it looks like. Um, we can't have human health without those, those beautifully grown vegetables and fruits, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't get beautiful, beautiful structured water, fruits and vegetables when the soils are compromised. And, uh, and when I realized that the vast majority of the crops that we have are irrigated with inefficient water, broken water, I, I really became enamored with this idea of how do we get structured water to, to irrigate all our, our crops. And this became more and more urgent as we recognized that the soil depleted, that, uh, that we're not getting the nutrition out of our food that we need. And the, the soils are carrying a lot of contaminated information. And um, water, of course, is the universal solvent. So water, the proper water, will actually help decontaminate those soils and get us better nutrition in our food. So at the Hydration Foundation, what we do is we offer uh, uh, these uh, irrigation devices. They're super simple. They're simply a uh, spin funnel 
that you can screw on any irrigation system and it spins the water and gets those molecules close to each other so they start sharing their electrons. And then they water the ground with that. Mm. And we've had remarkable success, not only getting better crops, more nutritious crops, more healthy plants without pesticides, without fertilizers, but also we discovered it was recovering the microbes in the soils Wow. Because they were dehydrated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we will include a link to that as well, because I think that's important for, I guess, those who are farmers or who have access to farms listening. Yes. And also we help, we receive donations. So if you want to be part of recovering an acre of land somewhere on our planet, we help you do that. That's the pass-through. So we want to offer you know, all our public information. And then if you want to help us recover soils, we get to do that in partnership with the public because God knows the government's not doing it. We're not getting a climate accord anytime soon, maybe now. But, you know, in other words, we ourselves can skip Monsanto and go straight to recovery out of our own choices. And that to me is just beautiful. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Let's be the recovery, the recovery generation, right? Fix water and it will fix everything else. Oh, I love that. I love that. Gina, what do you want to tell our listeners about their health and wellness as sort of your main takeaway? Like if you could tell them anything, what would it be? I want you to know you are a water being. You truly are. You've got legs, you live on land, but you you literally came out of an amniotic sack. <laughs> the inside of you is mostly water. It's not water in liquid form. It's water in gel form. And that if you understand yourself as a water being and you, you, you keep your hydration levels high or you pay attention to that, you really are going to live a very different life than the ones that we've been assigned to in this culture, not knowing that. Beautiful, beautiful, Gina. And are there any resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you? Um, we'll obviously include them in the show notes as well. Right. So thank you. Yes. I mean, do you have any idea what it means to be given an, uh, an opportunity to share this information? This is my life. Oh. This is my work. It's so great to pass this on to people with things as simple as, you know, get out in the sunshine, make sure you dance during the day, get a little pink salt in your life, eat oh. a high plant diet. Come on. This is, <laughs> I'm so grateful. <laughs> oh, we, and we are so grateful to you, Gina, for doing all this work to help mm -hmm. so many people on the planet. I mean, we're just, you know, beyond grateful. Um, so thank you actually for your research and, and the book that you wrote and, and everything. Great. Yes. So yeah, it's a, it should be a movement for all of us to, yeah. to, uh, be water and recover water. That that's what we can do in our time here on this planet. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. And, uh, so people can go to, is it the hydration foundation Yep. to find yep. more, more information yep. mm -hmm. and you can also buy the book quench on Amazon, um, mm -hmm. and some of the other, uh, I think book, uh, sellers as well. Um, so thank you so much again, Gina, this has been such an enlightening conversation. I feel like I've learned so much and I'm going to start putting these, uh, principles into practice in real time. So hopefully I'll become more hydrated because yes. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen your skin in, uh, on the Ted talk. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> Gina has fantastic skin. She's obviously, you know, uh, you awesome. know, thank taking, you. taking her own ad advice. <laughs> so I love that. And I appreciate you so much. And uh, again, you know, may we all de be deeply blessed by um, water, our, the life force. Thank yeah. you. Yes, yes. All right. Well, for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about water and how we can be healed and hydrated by water. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Thanks again.